economy does not lie in sparing money, but in spending it wisely. Thomas Henry Huxley. Man's time here is finite, but the influence of a man is infinite. The question is what shall we do with the daylight that remains? Hello again. So I just wanted to make a video as promised called Why Does the Government Pass Stimulus Packages? In the last video, it was Where Does Stimulus Money Come From? So if you haven't seen that, go back and check it out. It sort of explains the various uh, modalities the government has of creating money and you know, getting that money out into the economy in various different places. So uh, there's, there's some good detail in that. But this one, why does the government pass stimulus packages at all? A lot of people, you know, are very frustrated when the government is sort of passing out money to people or businesses and, and agencies and uh, understandably so, right? However, there's good reason for it and you may agree or disagree with some of them, but I just want to sort of walk through how the economy works and why so many people and, you know, particularly the government, deems it necessary to create stimulus packages and hand it out to certain groups or businesses or agencies, right? So the economy is made up of transactions, right? I spend money. That means someone else earned money. I got some good service or asset for it. They got money. They're going to turn around and spend money on something else or and, and someone else makes money, they get a different asset, and so on and so forth. So it goes from individuals' hands to businesses' hands to government's hands, back through the cycle, right? There's tax money, all these things. The sum of all these transactions is what we call the economy. And that's how it works. It's simply transactions. Now, my spending is another person's income, and your spending is another person's income, and your income is someone else's spending, right? So that's how it works. You're, if you're a salaried employee, your business has sold services or, or products or something to another agency, individual, whatever, and they get paid for that. They pay you for the service you provide to that company and so on. So your income is literally somebody else's spending and your spending is someone else's income. So if that is booming, if I'm making more money, I'm spending more money. And if you make more money, you're spending more. And it's if the businesses are making more, they're spending more. They're hiring more. They're like So everything goes up. So we see these rapid appreciations of income, of assets, stock market flying, housing market, you know, roaring. So, so all of these things have a sort of an effect on everything else. Now, the opposite can also be true. Spending slows, incomes decrease, job loss happens asset prices go down, stock market declines, right? So so these are debt and income cycles that we've all experienced if you've been around for very long. <laughs> um, 2008 was a major one. What happens is the government essentially can, can control these debt cycles with the interest rate because most of what we call currency in our economy is actually credit. There's way more credit in our economy than actual currency, actual cash. Like 
like 10% is cash, maybe less. I forget. I said it in another video, so go check that out. But there's like hundreds of trillion, there's a hundred trillion plus uh, dollars in credit in our economy, and there's, uh, you know, a fraction of that in actual cash. So credit is what really runs the economy. When the Fed decreases the interest rate, spending goes up because it's it's very cheap to borrow money. You know, if I only have to pay back two, three, four, five percent uh, on my loan, I'm way more likely to borrow more money, as much money as possible, to go buy real estate, buy a business, uh, maybe buy some vacations, whatever. Right. So we, we start spending. If the Fed increases their interest rate, I'm like, ah, I don't know that I want to lock in a mortgage at, you know, 8% or when, you know, my parents, when I was like barely being born in the 80s, um, the interest rate was through the roof, peaked it over 19%, 16%, 13%. Could you imagine locking in a mortgage at 13 or 16%? Not very many people were willing to do that. So the spending sort of decreases, right? We're not going to borrow as much money, so we're not going to spend as much money. So when we see that slowing, it's usually a result of of the debt burden. So if I've been borrowing, 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 borrowing as much as I can, well, at some point, there's a cap. I can't keep borrowing or I just won't ever be able to keep up with my debt payments, right? And so the only thing I can do is stop spending as much so that I can repay my debts. So as I stop spending your income comes down or the next AI come down, right? And if they're in the same boat, then they have to stop spending. (laughs) And as people stop spending, then even those whose debt burden wasn't overwhelming, it suddenly becomes more relevant, right? Because their incomes have decreased, their assets have depreciated, etc. So all of a sudden they restrict their spending to deal with their debt or to harness their assets, right? And so this happens at large scale across the economy. We have this what we call a depression or, or you know it may be a recession or a depression. A depression is much bigger and that's a more of a, like a 50 to 70 year debt cycle. The small debt cycles happen like every five years about. So either way, happens at large scale, we get this depression and economic spending is down, incomes are down, assets are depreciated, but debt feels bigger than ever. So it gets worse. So with these economic stoppages, people can no longer pay the debt they owe. And remember, debt is credit, right? So if if you own credit because you loan lent somebody money, you have this financial asset. But if they can no longer pay you that that debt that they owe, your credit is not what it, we thought it was, right? So your assets are essentially disappearing. What happens when this ha- when this takes place? Essentially, we have four actions that that happen, and they've happened in all the great recessions around the world, <laughs> great depressions, etc. Um, what happens is we can cut spending. I already said that, but. That's the first thing that happens. Then the debt feels even worse than it did when we were spending a lot of money. So then we can restructure debt. We can basically forgive debt, say, never mind, you don't owe this debt. 
We can say you don't owe, owe part of that debt. We can say you can repay the debt over a longer period of time or at a lower interest rate and sort of reduce the debt burden on people, businesses, etc. We can redistribute wealth, which is not popular with people, right? Um, you essentially tax the wealthy and give it to the uh, other people or agencies that need it, right? And then lastly, we print more money. So those are the four actions that take place basically every time we come into this scenario. So here we are. Um, in 08, we, we, we went through this. And here we are again. Um, and I believe Ray Dalio says we are in a Great Depression. We are in the downfall of a 70-year debt cycle about 10 years in. And uh, so here, here it comes. Here we are, right? We're in a depression. And it's going to continue downhill in, in many ways. And eventually we will restructure debt, we'll redistribute wealth, we'll print money, etc. There may be maybe wars, I don't know. Um, but some sort of like political unrest and things, which I think we're feeling to us to a degree. And then um, we'll restructure these things and eventually we'll sort of get back in the upswing. But this long-term debt cycle is a slow, difficult process. So why then does the government do this? Because the government is the biggest spender in our economy. And when tax revenue goes down because there's joblessness and there's a lot of, a lot of people filing for bankruptcy and losing their assets and all these things, uh, total government income is down, right? But so is the income and spending of the people at the same time. So the government has to find money or create money. And then what happens is since this since the dollar goes round and round and round, my spending's your income, your spending's their income, that business's spending is the government's income, like and it all comes back to each of us. It's this cycle. When we have these big stoppages, when we have these big re recessions, there's big holes that happen in the economy. And when there's big holes, there's sort of this like, it's almost like a nuclear bomb hitting the economy and it sort of just like blows out and it's this cascading effect for everything around it. So think back to 2008. It really started with the banks and housing market, right? Fannie Mae, Fred, Freddie Mac, this whole like giving loans to people for houses that they could not afford and never would be able to pay back. And they did that so many times, hid the debt, hid these bad loans, sold them off, put, packaged them in these, you know, C-class bundles and sold them to other things. Like they just hit it forever and kept going, going, going until eventually it was like, this is so upside down and backwards, it's going to blow up. And it did. It blew up. Well, guess who, like, who was hit the hardest? The banks. The banks were going out of business, but if the banks are out of business, none of us get to borrow money to, for our legitimate businesses that are run well, for our families and whatever. And so when lending stops, people get laid off. Joblessness increases. We have So what did the government do? They created stimulus packages and bailed out the banks. You all remember it. It was hurtful. We sat there and watched all these crooked banks get paid a ton of money despite the, the things they had done, right? But 
It was in order to save our jobs, right? Because if we can't get the credit to the people that really need it and the businesses that need it, it'll all go under. So that nuclear bomb hit, started cascading. The the government funded the, the banks that were, were going out and they sort of brought it back in. People got to get their jobs back, their houses back, etc. Right? So it... It still happened, like there still was a decline right there, but we saved it really quite quickly if you kind of look back. Um, so here we are again. We're seeing it again, only this time it's not quite so centralized at like the, the banks because the pandemic has affected a lot of businesses and different people. Um, and so joblessness is more spread out. So I think this time you'll see the money more going to poor people. Just, just hand in checks to the poor people. It feels much more like a redistribution of wealth. Take the money from the rich, give it to the poor, print money, give it to the poor. That's what we're seeing. So this is why the government does this. If, if people stop spending, everyone hurts. <laughs> if they can spend, everyone increases. So what they'll do is print money, they'll sell bonds, they'll tax the rich, and they'll give the money to the people that have been out of work or businesses that are almost going under. They've stopped student loan repayments. They've done all these things to basically benefit the poorer people or people most affected by this um, pandemic and joblessness that we're experiencing. And so that's what happens. And in a depression, that's how we stimulate the economy. So you're seeing a lot of debt being restructured. You're seeing a lot of money being printed. You, you know, we may see the taxes. We haven't really seen that hardcore yet, but um, those are the things that happen, and that's how we keep the economy going. So the government basically borrows from their future, gives it to the people, increases revenue globally, which results in the government getting more money, tax revenue, etc., so that they can use that again in the future. So that's why the government creates these stimulus packages. I hope that was helpful. I hope it made sense that that's the economy in a nutshell. And when there's holes in the economy, the government tries to fill those holes to prevent any real stoppages from causing a cascading effect and hitting more people and, and stopping revenue. But we're in these debt cycles and that's what happens. So if you got something out of this video, please hit the subscribe button, the like button. If you're a YouTuber yourself and you're interested in SEO tools, helping you rank your videos um, better and do research and uh, channel analysis, video analysis, etc., I recommend TubeBuddy. So I'll throw a link in the description for you to use that. You can get those resources, the pro tools, for as little as $4.50 a month. So definitely recommend that. That's my preferred method. And uh, thanks for watching. We'll catch you on the next one. Hey, thanks for listening to the entire episode. As a token of gratitude, I want to give you a discount on my book, Ingrained. Head over to bronsonwilkes.com store and download Ingrained for less than a dollar with the coupon code GOALS, G-O-A-L-S.